Well, welcome guys. I think we're up to podcast number four, if I'm counting correctly, but maths have never been a real strong suit of mine. And uh, for this month's podcast, or podcast number four, I thought I'd bring a guest in. So it's pretty easy for me to bring uh, another real estate agent in. I can talk about their business. But for one of a bit, did a bit of a different spin, I thought I'd bring in um, a great friend of mine, Justin Lemberg. Justin's been my best mate since we were about eight. Um, and um, Justin has been a huge part of my life. But Justin's story is, I think, pretty unique. Justin uh, is, a, is an Olympian. Apparently, I can't call them former Olympians because once you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian <laughs> forever. So first of all, welcome, Justin. Thanks, Mark. And um, the reason I brought Justin in today is that Justin's story, which I'll, which I'll tell, and Justin's uh, where he is today, Justin owns a, a number of McDonald's stores. And you might be asking... You know, what has McDonald's got to do with real estate? But many of the processes and many of the agents who have worked with me know that I'm big on process and, and systems. And I spent hours upon hours talking to Justin about how McDonald's do it and, and, then, and then taking some learnings from the way they process stuff uh, to get you know, a product in quick time and great quality. So we're going to have a chat to Justin about his, his career. We're going to go back uh, to the Olympics. And then we'll talk about where he is today. So, just you and I have been mates forever. We started swimming together. I was just telling Patricia, we work with here, that, 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 that you were a freak. I think it's fair to say there's only three Australian males who have won the 200, the 400, the 800, and the 1500 freestyle at the Australian Olympics. One is Murray Rose, Grant Hackett, and my good friend Justin Lambert. So that's a bit of a wrap for yourself, yeah, mate. Thank you. So, mate, let's talk about that. You know, I, I was with you, not with you, but I saw the work that you did leading into LA, which is the Olympics that you went to, um, and you ended up coming coming third. Going into those Olympics, did you think you had a real opportunity to win gold? Were you, were you, was, was... <coughs> yeah, I, I did. Um, you don't go there to get a bronze medal, which is what I did. Uh, and my coach was that madman called Laurie Lawrence, and it was coming out of Russia that there was a, a guy called Vladimir Selnikov who was doing 100 kilometres a week. And Laurie just came up with a very good plan that said, well, if Selnikov, and he was the world's best 400-metre uh, freestyle swimmer at the time, um, if Selnikov's doing 100 grand, 100k a week, we're going to do 100k a week. Now, to just put that into perspective, we did 10 sessions a week, uh, Monday to Saturday, have Wednesday mornings off. So it was 10k in the morning and 10k of an afternoon. No, they don't, as it's turned out years later, we were the world's best trainers, but we couldn't race for shit because we never got an opportunity to race. We got an opportunity to race probably once a year overseas. So daily schedule for me training with Laurie, 10K in the morning, go home, uh, go for a 5K run. Uh, we would come back to the pool of an afternoon. We would do another 10K between three o'clock and six o'clock because swimming in the morning was between five and eight. We'd go and run steps at Chandler, which you ran steps at Chandler a number of times, Mark. We'd run steps at Chandler <laughs> for, for 30 minutes, and then we'd go into the gym for another 30 minutes. So that schedule to ask your body to perform at peak level was about oh, over the course of eight hours. So it was quite intense, and we did that over a three-month period leading. I'd, I'd finished school the year before. Olympics are on in, uh, in August, and uh, we did that basically from January through to, to, to August in the lead-up. I know the work that you did, and I can remember where I was 
um, when you... On the side eating pies. On the side eating pies. No, I'm not quite sure I was on the side eating pies. I would have been eating something, you know what I mean? But, uh, oh, you know. but I can remember uh, watching you race and, you know, and kind of willing my best friend to win Olympic gold. I've always said that it's been hard on me. You're not winning. Because now you know, I could have had that my best friend was Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> And now I've got to say he only won bronze, you know. So that's been a hard, a hard road for me to hoe. But for you, the work that you put in and the work you put in, you just kind of highlight was insane. Did did you feel like you failed, or, or, or what? What did that moment in time bring for you? You become very successful in business yeah. now. How much? How much of a role did that? that moment in time, the work that you did, your discipline now, you know, we're gonna talk about your discipline and your system shortly. But how much how much of how much of a role, how much of a pivot did that moment play in your life? Yeah, well, well the, the Laurie Lawrence thing, uh, and that's probably part of it later on, he taught me two things. Uh, he taught me motivation and discipline. But to talk about the Olympics, years later, one of our best friends is a guy called Michael Bowl, who's probably one of the world's best coaches at the moment. And Bowley, as he's known from everyone around the world, was a good swimmer but never good enough to go to the Olympics. And he said to me one day, he's now coached at, I don't know, six or seven Olympics? Would have been yeah, he's great. Best, okay. best coach. Yeah. Great. And he has said to me um, that forget about what everyone says about the Olympics and I'll just say it's another event. It's not another event, it's the event. You get a chance to stand up one day in your life. And some pe- I only had the opportunity to go to one Olympics because I'd injured my shoulder. I would have thought going to the first one at 17, I might have went to a couple more, but never went to another one along the way. So that one day in my life, you get a chance to stand up and ask yourself, am I good enough? Now, it even gets worse than that because the nerves and everything that come, for, that come there, you're not, you haven't got next week to go back, you haven't got 13 other players in your team to have a, have a race with and you can hide, you just stand up there in your race. And swimming is one of the few sports, well, I think it's the only sport that is, is, is purely on time. In other sports, they have first three places or whatever it is. So you can have eight people from one heat make the final. And it's about absorbing the pressure at the Olympics. And I, if, if I was truthful, I would say that, and I, haven't, I only spoke to somebody about this the other day, and I don't speak to too many people, but because we're here in front of just two people, no one else is listening to this. No, no one else is listening, listening. mate. No, it's just a private collection. <laughs> if you go and have a look on YouTube, the 400 freestyle, when I'm about, and, and I got beaten for a gold medal by 0.3 of a second. So it's been a hard thing for me to chew on for 30 years. But what I've worked out over years, and I'm not gonna mention names, but some of Australia's, and I'm talking swimming here, some of Australia's greatest ever swimmers don't have an Olympic medal. So I'm relatively proud of that these days. And I can remember being halfway through that race, and I, I, I hated my Olympic medal for, for probably 30 years, but I started watching YouTube about five years ago, and I've been trying to get myself that 0.3 faster for three years. And, 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 I've always thought the run might have done you good, mate. You know? Well, I've been working on it. I've been working on it. But I can remember saying, thinking to myself, and I haven't admitted this to too many people, what the hell am I doing here? I'm in the middle of an Olympic final, and I'm a chance of getting a medal. So fast forward, in those days, they used to have an A final, which is what I was in, and they had a B final. And this is a, there's a guy in West Germany at the moment that feels a lot more horrible than I do. Um, so he wasn't good enough in the morning to make the finals. He didn't absorb the pressure in the morning and be able to stand up. You've got to stand up two, three times, whatever it might be. So he didn't handle the pressure in the mornings and only made the B final. Um, we swam our race, got our medals, and then they swam the B final after us. 
Well, he swam a time faster and broke the Olympic record, but guess what? He doesn't have an Olympic medal. You've got to do it two times in a row. And that's what I'm saying, that the, you go through your history. Think, think of some of our greatest swimmers and some in recent times, as I said, I'm not going to mention names because I'm sure that they're sucking eggs as well, but they don't have that medal. And so, and I just told these guys here before, one of my good mates, uh, John Sieben, he got the gold medal in the 200 butterfly um, and he showed me a picture of his medal recently. The gold medal looks more like a bronze medal and my bronze medal is tarnished. It looks more like a gold medal. So I'm saying, telling him to stick it and, uh, and I've got the gold medal these days. But yeah, it, it, it's a major event that, um, that I'm proud of. As I said, I, I think I did reasonably well standing up one day in my life and, and performing. So let's take that, let's fast forward now. You know, you own multiple McDonald's stores now across, across Brisbane. You know, you've got a huge staff. Um, they're, they're, they're run extraordinarily well. You know, you and I have talked hours about process, about, about you know, the fact that if a task has to be done more than once, you need a process to it. How much, how much of that, how, how much important in your world is process and how much do you believe in systems and process and the way that you believe business should be run? Yeah. <clears throat> um, a guy who helped me get into McDonald's is a guy called Rod Morris and those that follow rugby league, you'll know he's in the first state of origin team. Uh, and my first store uh, was at Bow Desert, uh, a beautiful place. And Rod came. For those people that don't know, Bow Desert is probably forty-five minutes directly west behind the Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. Bow Desert is normally a place you pass through going somewhere else. That's exactly right, well, and that's what a lot of people did. Except for the races of a set, the, the Bow Desert races. Anyway, Rod, he, he said two things to me one morning when he came out, and I'm sure you'll get a chuckle out of this being a real estate agent. Um, out the back of the Bow Desert store, and it's still the same. I said to him, have a look at my beautiful view out there. There's a lovely paddock looking out over the mountains. And Rod's response to me was, you don't want a view, you want houses. So I thought that was an interesting thing. You need customers. You don't want a view, you need customers. The second thing he said to me is he said, mate, don't reinvent the wheel. There's been a lot of smarter people than us come through here before. And there's a lot of people in head office and there's a lot of people around the world just follow the systems. So I still, that was said to me on day one and I'm 20 years in McDonald's these days and I, when we come up with this wham-bam idea that we're going to change something, we go, you know what, don't change the system, just follow it. It's funny, you know, I was working with uh, an agent, a couple of agents today and I was talking to one of our bigger businesses and uh, this particular business has a sign that your art is not welcome here. Mm. And you know, and we, we, we actually have a formula, and as many officers do, and many different brands are, but at Ray White, we build a formula that we know if you follow it, you will be successful. And in this particular office, they were saying on the board, your art is not welcome here. What they're saying is just follow the bouncing ball, mm. and the bouncing ball will lead you to success. Mm. So many people want to, want to, want to, want to um, uh, change that formula, they want to. I think they want to cut corners on that formula. And now that the markets across the eastern seaboard are a lot more challenging, I think people are, are trying to find easier ways and quicker ways. But at the end of the day, regardless of the cycle in our industry, and you and I have spoken about this many times, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's about connecting with people. I mean, we know from the work that our network does, there's three major reasons why people list a home with someone. One is a relationship. Two was a referral, and they've got referred to by the people you had the relationship with. Another one is because you sold a home in the street. So if you build your structure and processes around eighty percent, you've you've got you've got to win. So let, let let's let's go back a little bit and try to get some some analogies. You know, you 
um, uh, have to deliver burgers in, in, in a really in a really quick time. Quality has to be good. Um, a lot of things can go wrong. How much do you do? Do you look at your business in your from the KPIs and say, well, you know, I need to fix that. I need to pull a lever here. We need to go harder here. And, and how do you do that? And and how how are you able to adjust the the kind of the trajectory of your business by looking at those numbers? <coughs> yeah, well, remembering that the people that that work for us and we cop a lot of abuse and everything like that along the way, but it's actually a very good system. And I say to you, or say to anybody, if you're going to eat fast food, we are the most over-regulated company that it is. To cook a hamburger at our place, one hamburger, you have to wear three pairs of gloves. It drives me insane, but that's just the way we go with food safety and everything like that. There's three different pairs of gloves that change. Most of our people that work for us as well, they come on board when they're 14 or 15, and um, by the time that they're um, 2021, 20, they're running a restaurant that I've got one restaurant that does seven million dollars a year, um, and you know they sort of go down from there. And there's a lot of burgers. It's a lot of burgers, and, and and just to give you an indication of that, at, at my biggest restaurant. Um, we serve 15,000 customers a week. Now break that down, that's say 2,000 customers a day. If a manager's working an eight hour shift, they're serving around 700 and something customers on their eight hour shift. Now some people don't see 700 customers in a year. My guys are seeing 700 customers on an eight hour shift, times that by five, three and a half customers. And it just breaks their heart when someone comes through and says, my chips are cold today or whatever that may be. The two biggest so just on that, many people listen to this podcast today will say, listen, you know, you're serving a burger, we're selling million dollar homes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the analogy that I'm trying to draw here, the analogy I'm trying to draw is that every great business has a process in the system. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I have a saying in our industry, which is, which is often challenged and people kind of throw rocks at me, and I say that skill's highly overrated. You know, I think I think the superstars are the ones that, that have the skill and have process. But if you don't have if you have some skill and you don't have process behind it, just it just everything everything breaks down. So you know, I want one of our listeners today and the people who are who are listening to me saying, Why, you know, did I just decide to get you on so we can go and have a beer after this? You yeah, know that's what I mean? right. That is probably probably too good. Yeah, yeah. was probably a bit of that, you know what I mean? But but the reality of it is is that, you know, um, the way the way that even you focus on the person who's got the one bucket of chips, how you want every customer to be happy and how that process helps you deliver a better customer experience. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, for, for me, I fly a lot. And so I, I, I get a different customer experience from Qantas. And I say to people all the time, the better the customer experience, the more loyalty you engender. You know, and, and I've often said to you, how do you improve a McDonald's business? Because you've bought some businesses that weren't trading so well and you've turned them around and you just said to me by putting in the great processes and giving the customer a better experience. Now that is exactly our industry. Someone comes to your open for inspection, give them a better experience. Someone's on your database, give them a better experience. Yeah. Someone someone calls up and inquires on a property, give them a better experience. Every drop counts, every chip matters. You know, and for your, for your staff to be on a shift where they're serving 700 people and have that intensity to still be unhappy when one person says, because I'm going, well, 700 people an hour 
fuck, you're going to get one packet of chips, it's not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, right? a, it's a terrible thought to have, but that's that's what you do have. There's going to be some times where the wheels fall off and, you know, a busload of people walk in and we're not prepared for that or whatever it might be. People call in sick. I guess in, a, in an office, uh, if two if two salespeople call in sick in one day, not a lot changes. If two people call in sick, which happens regularly at our store, it just sends the store into chaos. And that's a daily occurrence that these guys are dealing with. So, so shit happens daily. Like, things go wrong. You know, I, I say to all the agents we work with, you know, the, the one thing that we know is constant is a thing called life. Mm. People change their minds, change their opinions. Things don't go what the way that you do. Two things overcome it in our world, great process and structure and great volume. Talk to enough people. Have have your processes spread across enough people that if one falls down, there's another one there, you know. And I suppose in your world, you know, every time you serve a pack of chips, you get a... a you, fries, you know, mate. Fries. We, call, we call them fries. Fries, fries, fries <laughs> mate. Fries, <laughs> fries. I can tell you guys, one of the great experiences in life is go to McDonald's with a McDonald's store owner. You get a great experience. And just build your own burger, you know. <laughs> that, that's one of the great things. I'll have three of those patties and you just you come out with this thing that looks like a Manhattan sky rise, you know. You know, and we get fries with that too, you know what I mean? But but um, you know, you lost my train of thought there now. We're talking about fries and chips and Manhattan sky burgers. But, you know, I think I think that one of the things for us and the one thing hopefully people get from this talk today is the fact that you know, your your dedication to, to kind of discipline and and process has been look even when you swam it was very process driven you absolutely know, very process driven and how you've been able to bring that into 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 run not one mcdonald's store but kind of multiple stores you know mm-hmm. at, 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 a, at a really good thing we've often talked about that you believe that, that that process can be can be you know can be transferred to any business yeah. you know any business in the world well when i gave up swimming i uh, because i didn't uh, didn't do very well at school the highest uh, score of my report card was days absent <laughs> Um, and <laughs> and so the I really only had one. What did you get for that, mate? How many? I, I got fifty-six for days absent. <laughs> I handed my report card to my dad, and he looked at it and he said, "Well, you didn't go too bad in days absent. You got a fifty-six in that one." <laughs> anyway, I forgot. My, oh, sorry. Didn't have too many opportunities out there, and uh, it wasn't you know, going to university. I did spend some time at University of Alabama, but. Um, well, let's talk. You know, Justin also went to University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, which is the famous football side, which just got beaten by uh, Clemson. Clemson, that's Clemson. Right. They did too. And um, Justin spent a year of swimming in America, which was a, which was like was was, was like Disneyland for what eighteen year old boys at the time. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you want me to say about that? <laughs> uh, no, no. Uh, I'm not quite sure. No, this I, thing, I, there's not quite sure. There's things no. you can say in this about that. <laughs> you know. Let me go back and, and, and sort of say that I then had aspirations to be Australia's best swimming coach. But what I worked out very quickly that I was never going to do that because there was two things that I had in my head. If you see a great coach like Michael Bowl or a great coach like Laurie Lawrence or whatever they are, they're straight down the line. There's no deviation either either way. I'd have two deviations in that I'd, on a cold day when it was wet and windy, I'd feel sorry for him because I knew how much I hated cold water. I'd say, get out this afternoon. And then the next day, I'd be working them hard and I'd go, you weak little pricks, why can't you just get in there and do it? So I didn't have that discipline with those kids. But I, I, and so therefore, my dream of being the greatest coach in the world went by the wayside. But I still see myself as a coach 
but I'm just coaching these people to serve customers better. And what I've found is that I don't deviate away that if they're given bad service, and guess what, we still deliver bad service, but I don't deviate away. I'm, I'm a Laurie Lawrence at the McDonald's stores or Michael Bowl at the McDonald's stores because I don't go one side or I don't go the other. You just keep on going down the middle of what you know is right. So that's where the, the even balance has been. I guess that's any jo- any boss's job to make sure yep. they're doing that. Yep. So the market's a challenge at the moment, you know what I mean? And I think I think... I think what happens is that we're seeing right across the country, people are kind of saying, you know, what do I do now? The markets aren't as strong. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, for want of a bit of a word, there was an inevitability about our industry for a couple of years, and particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, you listed the home, someone bought it. You know, it was, it was pretty, that, that's probably oversimplifying it, a little undersimplifying it a little bit, which way I'm not quite sure. But the rally of life now, now this, this, this domain owns the people who are disciplined in their approach have a really systemized approach. I just showed Justin prior to us just tr- uh, chatting, you know, one of our, one of our great uh, process agents, Ash West, and how he processes stock, stock in, stock out. You know, this is a task-orientated business. You do certain things multiple times well. It's inevitable that your business will grow. And I wanted, I wanted to talk to Justin today in this podcast, a, because he's my best friend on the planet, and 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 also, and it'd be thanks, fun. Mark. Thank, thank, no, thank you, Justin. <laughs> and and also just to let people know that 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 you know if 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 you're out there at the moment and things aren't going the way that you want, and you've had that in your mm-hmm. life, you know, um, you know, I know I know how you've had to deal with the Olympics um, and and other parts of your business life that resort. To, 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 to the discipline of process, resort to the discipline of systems. Yeah. I mean, and those disciplines and systems, you know, for our group, for the Ray White group, anyone can put their hand up and we can say, you do this on a regular basis at a high level, you will be successful. And I'm sure whoever you're with, whoever you sell for, whatever brand you're with, private, you know, independent or a large group, please don't think that, that you need to reinvent the wheel. You know, it, this is a simple industry, stock in, stock out build relationships, give great customer service, and you'll have a great career. So, mate, it's, uh, it's about 40 degrees in Brisbane this afternoon. So Time uh, for a beer? I think we better go and, uh, and have a beer, you know. And uh, I might even get a free burger, mate. So, no so, worries, mate, I'll give you a voucher. I appreciate you coming in. Mate. I'll give you one. Buy one, get one free. Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys.